read in God's Word in the Old Testament. Go to read in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14. And I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it, that men should fear before him. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. I know that God will bless the reading of his precious word. Most who know me know that I have a, an interesting history and uh, obviously dates. And today's date in uh, 1620, there was a ship called the Mayflower and it dropped anchor on the 18th of December, 1820 or 1620 outside a port called Plymouth, Massachusetts, just south of Boston. It had on board what they're called the Pilgrim Fathers. And the reason they left England, left Plymouth in September that year, was freedom of religion. Freedom of religion. You know, sadly that as the generations passed, people lost interest in religion. But they kept an interest in themselves and when it came to 1775, they decided as 13 colonies that they would have independence from Great Britain. And they had a war of eight years. And then just in 1776, the 4th of July, they announced American independence. But say the war went on to uh, 1783. And then from 1783 to 1790, it took those seven years for each of the 13 colonies to ratify the Constitution. The third colony to ratify the Constitution was on the 18th of December, 1787, four years after the war had finished, and it was New Jersey. The 18th of December, 1787, New Jersey ratified the covenant, the Constitution. It would be, say, Rhode Island would be the last 13th of the colonies, and it would be 1790. But what I want to bring out from that is, as far as the American people were concerned, this, these 13 colonies, their constitution, a written constitution, different from our own, was that all men were created equal. And what they had was a right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But you know, they were hypocritical. Even in writing the Constitution, and why it took seven years for the colonies to ratify it. Because endemic in those colonies was slavery. Eventually it would take another number of years, 70 years, until 1861, where there would be a civil war. The colonies became states, and they would divide north and south, and they would have a, a war which would last to April 1865, the North won, and on the 18th of December, that year, 1865, what was adopted was the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, freedom from slavery. They went to America, freedom of religion. They had freedom of nationhood in 1776, but here we have, in 1865, the 18th of December, 
they had the adoption, the amendment of the 13th Amendment adopted, which is freedom from slavery. But you know, what I thought about all that was really that as far as these people were concerned, they forgot what God had said in his word. God said, there's no difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you know, our brother Alan was speaking this morning about no change. You see, as far as these Americans are concerned, this was a, the 13th Amendment. There would be exactly, I think now, 27 amendments. But you see, as far as God is concerned, there's no change. No amendments to his word. It's forever. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing to be added to it, nothing taken from it. We come to the book of the Revelation, Revelation chapter 22. What does it say there? Don't add to or take from God's word. So how important. So I want to major just for the time I have left here on one word. Forever. And I want that to penetrate the souls, the heart and the soul and the mind of those out of Christ forever, eternal, going to last forever. When we look at the scriptures, scriptures forever. Forever thy word is settled in heaven, Psalm 119. Sacrifice forever, Hebrews 10. But this man, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, this man after he offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down at the right hand of God, never to rise again to deal with the sin question, forever settled, one sacrifice forever. Then we come to salvation forever. Isaiah 51 tells us, the heaven shall vanish like smoke, the earth shall wax old as a garment, but my salvation shall be forever. What a promise if you get saved. God is telling you that salvation is forever. But what we have when we come to the last point I have, suffering forever. Revelation 14, the smoke of their torment shall ascend up forever and ever, and they shall have no rest day or night. Scriptures forever, sacrifice forever, salvation forever, suffering forever. You have to think about that, eternal suffering. But you could have eternal salvation if you want it, if you really want it. We come to scripture, scriptures forever, forever thy word is settled in heaven. You know what God's word is true? Numbers 23 tells us, God is not a man that he should lie. God's word is powerful. Hebrews tells us it's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And the Lord himself said, God's word is eternal. The heavens and the earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. God's word is eternal, forever settled in heaven. If you're going to school and they try to talk to you about evolution, Remember, God's word is true. And every man a liar. God's word is true. As far as the Bible is concerned, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God made all and made it perfect. And placed man, made him out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. 
going to live forever, eternally, in one of two places, either heaven or hell for all eternity. But we'll come on to why that, is, why that happened. God breathed into his nestles a breath of life, and man became a living soul. And he gave him Eve, his wife, and then they set them in the garden. And he was to tend the garden, but there's one prohibition. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they weren't to eat of it. But the fallen angel Satan came and beguiled Eve. And then she took of the fruit and gave to her husband. And he did eat. Adam was the, Adam was the federal head. Totally disobeyed God's instruction. And because of him, sin entered into the world. And death by sin and death has passed among all men for the all of sin. God put them out of the garden, blocked the way. But God gave them, Adam said, he called his wife the mother of all living. He believed God would provide the mother of all living. And God, an animal was slain, coats of skin were provided, blood was shed, and they had a covering. They had tried to cover themselves with fig leaves, but God provided a covering. And that set right from then, and right to the next generation from then on. Cain and Abel, they knew the way. They knew the way of sacrifice. Abel would sacrifice a lamb. Cain would try and bring the fruit of the cursed ground. But Cain would kill his brother Abel. Sin had entered into the world. Death by sin. And so death has passed on all men. For that all have sinned. Adam died spiritually. And eventually he would die physically. That's before us all. We can't argue with death. It's before us all. But you have to make up your mind. Where will you be when life is no more? God provided all this. His word is true. His word is powerful. It's able to convict. Able to save. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and it's eternal. My word shall not pass away, the Lord said. When it comes to sacrifice forever, this man, we spoke about the Lord Jesus Christ. He was going to come into the world, come in as the babe of Bethlehem. That's what they'll remember at this time of year. They'll remember the babe of Bethlehem. And we remember the man, Christ Jesus, who came into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Born to the virgin, brought up on that despised city of Nazareth, right at the age of 12, he said, wish you not that I must be about my father's business. They proved to all around, each and every one, they proved exactly who he was, the son of God with power, but that they hated him. Those leaders hated him, hated him without a cause. They wanted him put to death. Envy. Pilate even knew when eventually they were delivered to Pilate. Pilate knew that he had been delivered for envy. And they wanted him dead. But the Lord Jesus Christ knew that he must suffer. Even the night before he, he went to Calvary, he wanted to have the Passover with his, with his own. Before I suffer. And that's what we're going to look at. The man who went to Calvary. There Pilate could find no fault in him. But he was taken outside Jerusalem city walls, nailed upon the cross at Calvary. And there, in those six hours upon the cross, he paid the penalty for our sins. God made a meet upon him the iniquity of us all. A sinless sacrifice. Hebrews tells us, holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners. But a substitutionary sacrifice. One who would take our place, one who took our place in death and judgment. Way back in Isaiah, we have those words, prophetic words. But 
He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripe we are healed. We look back at the scriptures. True. So many things in the scriptures prophesied. We think of Psalm 22 about the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? They pierced my hands and my feet. That wasn't even thought as a Roman punishment when those things were written, but yet prophesied and fulfilled at Calvary. So many things. All scripture was fulfilled at Calvary concerning God's beloved son. But you know what he cried from the cross? It is finished. That means there's nothing left for you to do just to repent, believe, and be born again. You can know your sins forgiven tonight because Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. All according to God's unerring precious word. A sacrifice, sinless sacrifice, a substitutionary sacrifice but a suffering sacrifice. Hebrews tells us, but we see Jesus made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. They would not kill him. He would lay down his life. He could say, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Having completed the work that God gave him to do, he bowed his head. He gave up the ghost. Laid in the, taken down from the cross, wrapped in the linen with the ointment, laid in the tomb, that third appointed morning, the stones rolled back. The tomb's empty. God's beloved son raised out from amongst the dead ones. A risen, glorified Savior. They saw him. Thomas would see him. He'd see him eight days hence. He hadn't been there at the first occasion in the upper room. And he would say, put forth thy finger. Behold my hands. Put forth thy hand and thrust it into my side. It was God's beloved son showing. And what would Thomas say? My Lord and my God. That's what we want you to be able to say tonight. Acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. Put your faith and trust in God's beloved Son. Just believe in the work that he has done. It's all done to God's entire satisfaction. And you just put your faith and trust in him. And the promise is clear from the lips of the Savior. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Scriptures forever. A sacrifice forever salvation forever the heavens shall vanish like smoke and the earth shall wax oh wax old as a garment but my salvation shall be forever eternal that's before you tonight eternal life what did the lord himself say i give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish never perish eternal glory romans we read these heirs of god joint heirs with christ that's what's before us if we put our faith and trust in God's beloved Son. But you know something? I was just thinking about the late Yul Irvine. I think the day he died, maybe early in the day when he, when he died, he sort of was a little confused, but he said to someone who had come in to see him, I've got away. His daughter says, no, Dad, you haven't got away yet. No, but I'm going, he says. Where are you going to? I'm going to my heavenly home going to my heavenly home. God has provided a home for us in heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ said, an eternal home. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. An eternal home provided for you if you want it. 
And that's a big, big problem for all. Do you want it? Do you want salvation? Do you want to know your sins forgiven and to be at home in heaven when life's journey is over? Because it's forever. That's what you have to remember. And that's how we look at suffering forever. The smoke of their torment shall ascend up forever and ever. And they shall know no rest day or night. That's what's before those out of Christ. Eternal suffering. Suffering forever. You know, eternal separation, this is something that really spoke to me. You know, as you know, I was 38 years before I was saved. And the one thing that really spoke to me was this. I had heard the story, the hymn on a Monday night. Have you read the story of the cross where Jesus bled and died? Where your debt was paid by his precious blood that flowed from his wounded side. He died on atoning death for thee. He died on atoning death. Oh, wondrous love. It was for thee he died on atoning death. I knew that there was one who had died for my sins, but I just couldn't get this matter of my soul's salvation settled. But this really bore in on me. The next night, the preacher spoke, Robert McClucky, he spoke on Luke 16. Story of a rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus being in heaven and the rich man in hell. And it's told by the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a true story. One is named in the story. Lazarus. He's in heaven. Abraham speaking. And the man in hell says, I'm tormented in these flames. But he says, go to my father's house. I have five brothers. Tell them. And he's told by Abraham, they have Moses and the prophets. In other words, they've got the scriptures. If they don't believe that, they'll not believe the one rose from the dead. God's beloved son rose from the dead and the world still doesn't believe. They're quite prepared to believe about the babe of Bethlehem. But they're not prepared to believe that the, the man of Calvary who laid down his life and rose again the third day to provide so great salvation. And that's why that really spoke to me when it came to Luke 16, verse 26. Listen to it. This is what the man in hell was told. Between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed great gulf that means forever that really spoke to me I was going to be separated eternally from this one who had provided salvation for me the next night I got saved and the words from the lips of the saviour were these him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast I got down on my knees and just asked him to take me as I was and do whatever he wanted with my life people says what happened I knew I was saved I knew I was saved God's beloved son had promised me that. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. You can have that tonight. Not have eternal separation, eternal shame. It says, let them be confounded and troubled forever. Let them be put to shame and perish. That's before you if you don't put your faith and trust in Christ. And it's eternal suffering that's what we have to really impress upon you tonight. Eternal suffering. Will you understand where you are and why you're there and you could have been saved and you should have been saved? Eternal suffering. The Lord Jesus Christ says in Matthew 25, 46, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto life eternal. There's before you tonight. What do you want out of it? Do you want salvation? He that believeth in the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Suffering forever. Scriptures forever. Sacrifice forever. One sacrifice. No. Salvation forever. 
but suffering forever. You know, I've tried to major on that word forever, eternal. You know, in 1885, there was a man born in Australia. His name was Arthur Malcolm Stace. He was a soldier in the First World War for Australia. And uh, when he came back after the war, he took to drink, had big problems with his life. But on the 6th of October, 1930, he got saved by the grace of God. And for the next 35 years, what he did, what had really spoken to him was eternity, eternal, eternity. And that's what he wrote on the pavements of Sydney and Melbourne and South Australia. Eternity. One word, and that spoke to many people. Many people got saved <clears throat> because this man, Malcolm Arthur Stace, took time. He didn't preach. That was the only word he used to preach, writing it on the footpath. And people for 20 years wondered who it was. They didn't know. And then they found out it was this man, Stace. But he kept on doing it for another, I think, 15 years. And they called him Mr. Eternity. It's such an effect on the nation that when it came to the millennium, and the 21st century coming in right across Sydney Harbour Bridge was one word lit up, eternity. Does that speak to your soul tonight? Forever? To be lost forever? Or to be with Christ, which is far better? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You can have it tonight. But the big question you have to answer, do I really want it? Do I believe what God says? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that includes me. If you do, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he, while he may. Trust in the Lord. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. Shall we pray? Our God and Father, we bow before thee in that ever worthy and most precious name. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank thee again for thy beloved Son, for thy great salvation. Thank thee ever we came to know thy beloved Son and were able to speak of him, the lovely man of Calvary. Pray that some would take an interest tonight in their soul's salvation. Take an interest in the, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses from all sin. So we just commit all into and take each and every one to their home and safety, for we ask it all in that ever worthy and most fragrant name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.